0: White House correspondent from a major media outlet has always been a uh, cool job, always. But for most presidents, you'd have a lot of days where, <clears throat> okay, today the president his entire day he had an hour meeting with the uh, sorghum growers of Nebraska, right, and discussed if they could bloody blah blah blah. But with Trump, every single day it's what possible constitutional crisis impeachment level, this or that, or cabinet member is coming or going or always.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it seems. And Deb Saunders has that gig right now. Deb's the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal and joins us now. Hello, Deborah J. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. So listen, uh, we really had no intention of talking about the White House Correspondents Dinner um, mm-hmm. it, it, until we checked, because, you know, we, we went over it pretty heavily, but until I just read your piece about it, and never mind the dinner itself, tell the folks about your Uber driver.
2: Well, so um, my husband's out of town. I, a neighbor came by, and she just sort of saw me off when I got into the Uber, and I'm, I'm wearing a gown, right? And uh, he's driving, uh, and I notice I, I always talk to, Uber drivers and cab drivers who were immigrants about how they came to America. It's just a learning experience for me. And Uber actually puts a little thing that says what country they're from. So it said Iran. And I said, oh, you're from Iran. What do you think about uh, what Trump's doing with the uh, with the nuclear arms deal? And we talked about that for a little bit. And and uh, I said to him, so he did not bring this up. And he knew I was going to the White House Correspondents Association dinner because he asked what what I was so dressed up for. And uh, so we're talking, and I said, well, what did you do in Iran? And he said, I was a journalist. Say what? I was a journalist. And he told me how he had been in prison for four years, the notorious Ebon prison for doing his job. He went out and he reported on the, um, the Persian Spring protests instead of sitting in his office waiting for a press release to tell him what to write.
1: Wow. So so your driver to the grand and glittery celebration of journalism was a guy who'd been jailed and beaten for exercising free speech in the free press. That's amazing. Sixty,
2: 60 lashes. And, and by the way, did I feel small? Yes, I did. Because here's this guy who, who sacrificed so much. Uh, he got, got an award uh, uh, from the Committee to Protect Journalists, and they brought him here. Uh, he came with his wife and his son, and they asked for asylum. They've been living here since then. But, uh, you know, hes it's an amazing story of, of what what the profession, you know, can mean for some people.
1: Right. So what's your overall tude at this point about the White House Correspondents Association dinner?
2: You know, um, I just think it doesn't. I think that we're trying to be sexy and entertaining. Right. And that isn't who we are.
0: So. Yeah, fair enough. It's just greasy and it. bloated. America hates it. That's that's what they don't seem to get. Um, everybody that's involved there. I don't know if you do, but it's, America doesn't look at it and think, "Oh, that's so cool." No, they don't.
2: No, yeah. they don't. And and uh, I completely agree. I think it. I. I, I this is the way it's been going for years. And there was a time when this was considered something that it's not now. At this point in time, people just hate it. Right. People hate us. They watch it. They, they think that we're being, uh, they think we're being too cozy. They think that we're being too, uh, we're patting ourselves on the back too much. And, you know, I, I look at, I went, I went the year before, so I don't want to sound like I'm so above all this, but I think that actually, uh, I think that the, that, uh, I think Margaret Taleb made a mistake. Uh, We all do. And I think that Olivier Knox, the next president, is really open to doing something different. Because it really, that's really not what you don't see. Uh, When you watch the briefings, and I've watched them for years, you see people you see a packed journalism and you see people asking questions a certain way other people ask policy questions and different questions but you don't think about them you think about the people who stand out and maybe we could use this as a way to really uh, i don't think you're going to get people tuning in so much but so be it uh to talk about really what the job is
1: well i don't understand why they're tuning in at all i mean it's it's a lovely (laughs) industry gathering there and i think you ought to have it i like the idea of scholarships i like the idea of standing up for uh, free press around the globe, but I think you know letting the cameras in and making it a thing, as the kids say, I think was a mistake. Deborah Saunders of the Las Vegas Review Journal is with us.
0: <clears throat> so how uh, how is the White House reacting to all these questions that came out that they may have to answer at some point?
2: Um, well, they're not they're not reacting in a very public way. Um, I, I you just see things that are going on with this White House right now, where nobody's sure what the president will end up doing. Um, the legal team is not exactly out front chatting all the time. And, um, the fact that these questions got out is, it just shows what a disarray everything is. In. Do
0: you think Trump's people leaked it? Leaked them? Uh, yeah. Okay. But Fair maybe, but, but, but maybe not at his request or with his
2: knowledge. That's true, too. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's true, too. Uh, oh. You know, there have been so many. We're back to January and February of 2017 when the leaks were just coming out hot and heavy. And, of course, a lot of the leaks were palace intrigue stuff with people trying to uh, stab each other in the back. We saw that with Ronnie Jackson. Sure. Right? Um, So uh, He was the
1: nominee for uh, the VA head, uh, the doctor guy for those who don't follow the news like all of us do.
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah, And Thank somebody somebody, or some group did a good job of running him out of town, and maybe they're trying to do the same with uh, Chief of Staff Kelly. Uh,
2: and Chief of Staff Kelly clearly has enemies in the White House, and I, it seems pretty clear that Who he are doesn't they? have...
0: Name names. <laughs> <clears throat> do you think he called Trump an idiot?
1: I'm
2: sure he thought
1: it. You know, all right, now, hang on. Now. <laughs> hang on now. How, how dare you? This is liberal journalism. Hey, uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to preface my question, which is on that topic, by saying, those of you who are always anti-Trump, uh-huh. you're, you're missing the really interesting story. Those of you who are always pro-Trump, you're missing the great story. I'm going to ask a question that sounds anti-Trump at the same time. We may have major breakthroughs in trade with China, peace on the Korean Peninsula, all sorts of unbelievable stuff. The economy is surging, and I believe the White House has a lot to do with that. At the same time, you got, allegedly, Chief of Staff John Kelly saying he's an idiot, Rex Tillerson, effing moron, Gary Cohn, dumb as S, H.R. <laughs> McMaster, a dope with the intelligence of a kindergartner, and Reince Priebus with the classic idiot.
0: Yeah, but there's a to, lot of way to interpret those things. To what extent,
1: Deborah? <laughs> Do, do do those accusations of accusations ring true to you or feel free to d- deflect or or whatever
2: okay there are people who say that this, this, the Kelly story is not true and they know people who were in the room but okay. but look at the whole look at Dr. Ronnie Jackson who was the president's physician in his choice to head the VA system that was just an example where Trump decides he likes this guy he likes the way he he handled the media uh, uh, when he gave the report about Trump's glowing health. And so I'm going to make him my VA secretary. And he doesn't do the vetting he should. And uh, R- Ronnie Jackson's reputation is not doing so hot right now. Uh, and it, we're not sure what his career future is. And it's because we know that Trump doesn't think things through. Well, now that may be
1: true, but didn't the guy have that background check after background check when he was Obama's physician? And W's um, and everything else? He, he,
2: he had, but, you know, I read um, I read uh, uh, the medical Inspect, inspector general's report on his, on the office, and he had some real management issues and some issues with people such that, if, if if in other words, so if you really wanted to say, hey, would this guy be a good pick, as opposed to the president wants him to be the pick, okay, he he passed an FBI check.
1: Right, different level of background yeah. check to run the yeah, VA. And, I see and, what you're saying, yeah.
2: And I've seen this in politics for years. There are people who just want to give you an answer that makes them look better, and there are people who want to know the story. What's, is this really the right guy? And that clearly was not the approach from the White House with the Ronnie Jackson pick. And that's why people uh, consider him uh, not smart.
0: Hasty, perhaps. (laughs) Do Trump's lawyers think that the president can be subpoenaed, or do they think they can resist that?
2: Um, Well, John Dowd, who was his lawyer, quit because because he's just afraid that Trump will decide he's going to talk. And there are people who are going to, you know, Trump thinks he can talk his way out of everything. And sometimes he's right, but he's not always right. And there are, there are, you know, there are all sorts of different scenarios about how this could go wrong, uh, and I'll bet you one of them is, is right.
1: Well, well, uh, the Deb Saunders of the Las Vegas Review Journal is on the line. But do have you heard anybody, legal team, uh, Sarah Sanders, talking about if he gets subpoenaed, do they have to submit to that? Have you heard anything on that?
2: Well, I mean, he they they can fight it in court in a number of different ways. They can. Mm-hmm talk about executive privilege he can take the fifth
0: right it yeah. should be an interesting political move uh, although yeah. his his fans might love that him it's because it's basically cnfu i'm not answering your questions mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's right he could do that so there i mean there are all sorts of ways that he could handle this um the the, the question is uh you know obviously which one does he pick i think his lawyers at this point in time are um you know, let's face it. Do you want to be the person who said, go ahead and talk, and then something goes wrong? You're can always you always safe in saying right. don't talk. Well,
1: yeah, a wise man told us years ago, a lawyer's job is to say, you better not. And that's yeah. what they always say to everything, mm-hmm. which is why America's been ruined. <laughs> Deborah J. Saunders has the intelligence of second, third, maybe even a fourth grader. She's the <laughs> White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and it's always great to talk to you, Deb. It was fun. Yeah, All right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, hey. Uh, great to talk. Let's do it again soon. You know, I, I, and it, we didn't even get to the whole comedian chick at the uh, the White House Correspondents' eh. Dinner thing. Partly because that's over. Um, but she had exactly the same attitude as we did. You know, it was it was crude. It wasn't particularly funny. But there's, there's nothing to get your uh, panties in a wad about. You know, it. Again, with the one caveat, the abortion stuff was just inexcusable to me. But.
0: <clears throat> but there's always been way out there jokes. Imus got in trouble when he uh mm-hmm. when he was the comedian for it years ago. Yeah, it was radio host.
1: incredibly biased and stupid and barely funny at times. But uh, it's not going to affect the republic.
0: Couple of things. Um, the most one of the most interesting things I've heard on the whole impeachment movement. Um, share that with you. Also, I went to what I think is a new, more dangerous park with the kids yesterday. Oh, I think it was more dangerous on purpose. Good. Can you imagine if we were
1: on our way to accept some award for brave radio broadcasting and our Uber driver was a guy who'd been like beaten and jailed for opposing Putin? Right. Actually, you know what? I changed
0: my mind. Turn around. We're going home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience
1: of the nation.
0: Yes, we're playing lots of Hall & Oates because Sean went to the Hall & Oates concert last night. Like the flame burns the candle, <laughs> oh candle feeds the flame. He's still got the he's oh still got the same key. He's still got the concert hangover where you're just so jazzed about it. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
1: But I wasn't celibate forever. I, I did something about it. I, I betted myself. I learned stand-up comedy. It's, it's amazing what a skill set and a fake set of teeth can do for you. <laughs> have sex fives of times a year (laughs) look incels i'm not trying to rub it in your face actually i guess no one's trying to rub it in your face that's part of the whole problem. oh good lord oh man man, it's course my point is my point is i made an effort i changed things about myself to get laid and i have no regrets
0: yeah you should try it incel community that's the involuntarily celibate that has turned deadly. We've got two mass killings in North America performed by incels. That's something we got to take a look at, don't Bitter we? Bitter idiots. Um, yes. I mean, if we had, well, any uh, name any other group that pulls off two mass killings, and we'd say, hey, let's let's take a look at this. Yeah. People don't seem to be having that attitude because I think it seems so weird. I think we all just assume. I assume there really can't be that many of them, but they've, they've pulled out, they killed 10 people in Toronto the other day, and was at six in Southern California. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. an absolutely nightmarish attack. And both of these guys, and one worshipped the other um, as a part of the involuntary, involuntarily celibate community, where they feel like uh, there are men and women that are coupling and having sex, and that somehow because they're not finding mates and having sex they should take it out violently on them it's, i don't, it's I don't a quite understand it
1: beautiful case study of how your own inadequacies and your own inferiority complex drive you toward identifying an oppressor and feeling justified in attacking them or people like them and and it's it's a perfect case study because nobody's going to get up in arms over religion or regionalism or race or anything else it's just the good old fashioned inferiority complex. So, uh while they And k- you deflect your own self hatred onto others. You people, you don't even need to finish Psych One O one to understand that you're pathetic and stupid. Get over yourself.
0: So while they hate the Chads and Becky's of the world, that's the, 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 the men and women they see as the stereotype of people that get together and well live normal lives is really. Um, They seem to be mostly focused on hating the women in the incel community because these are dudes Um, being involuntarily celibate and being part of the incel community. Plenty of people of all, all genders aren't having sex who would like to yet incels see the idea of a female who's involuntarily celibate as being an oxymoron. They believe that unless a woman is severely deformed, she can have sex whenever she wants. She's choosing not to, whereas it's not true for guys. Uh, Well, there's certain truth to women have a much and always have and always will have a a much. If you're a woman in your home and you're thinking, I'd like to have sex tonight. Your ability to pull that off is a lot better than the average dude by 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 by
1: magnitudes. But if these guys had never known any real women, they would know. Yes, if they're willing to put aside. That which is disgusting or exploitive or or risky or dangerous or, or whatever. Yeah. That's a ridiculous um, point of view.
0: So the, so they're angry at women because women have that just natural biological nature created at that way advantage, if it is an advantage. Um, and that's one of the things they're really angry about, which is interesting. It's sad. yeah, it's it's strange.
1: And this is another
0: great case study
1: of how society would just without effort, give the message loud and clear that, no, that's not healthy, that's not normal, you're an angry little man, no, you're not right. But if those little pockets of madness can join together on the Internet and support each other, all of a sudden it metastasizes or it it nourishes itself and grows into something much more horrible. The The number of women murdered by men who hate women are in the many thousands. It's, you know, it's the, 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 the guy who kills a bunch of hookers or whatever. Right. That's what's at work in a lot of it. The idea that they're now coming together and breeding some sort of culture is horrifying.
0: So they believe this is a regular part of a conversation in the incel community on the websites and stuff that 20% of men are having 80% of all the sex, which means for every 10 girls who are having sex this week, eight of them are just having sex with two guys. Um, that's the way they see the world being I really need
1: a chart. I, uh, that whole thing confuses me. They
0: also say that the bottom 80% of men are left to fight for the bottom 20% of females, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know. I don't know. Like the comedian said, how about you get a new haircut, hit the gym a little, Maybe uh, get some clothes that are a little more attractive and uh, take your chances in the world like everybody else. And you know what? You'll do fine because there's someone, many someones for everyone.
1: How about you find a a woman who you get along with and and become a good and trusted friend to her
0: and see what happens? You losers. How much time do I got, Michael? Got a minute and 20. Okay, one more thing. I got a couple more things. I want to talk about the park I took my kids to, which they, as soon as we got there is a brand new park. They said, this is one of those new dangerous parks. Because I'd been talking to my kids about them. Running
1: chainsaws, shards of glass. Exactly. A lot of tigers. (laughs) If you didn't just blast
0: danger zone on the car stereo (laughs) on the way there, I don't even Wow, (laughs) It's like, why are you even a parent? Uh, But I heard this uh, quoted the other day from Gerald Ford, president of the United States, the accidental president, um, on on what an impeachable offense is. And this factors into Trump and the upcoming election. And the danger park? No, oh. a, uh, teasing that That's a oh, completely different subject Sorry, I was thinking, wow And I may have run out of time So I guess I'll have to forget about it and do both of them later <laughs> um, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump not letting up on the Mueller moves To get him to testify Lighten up,
4: it is just a dress Teen accused of cultural appropriation For what she wore to oh, her prom I am so over these stories, but go ahead And the reported
0: dark, dark side of Johnny Depp Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty Cultural appropriation is the dumbest thing we've yet come up with as a species. Never mind that. I want to hear about your Mueller moves. (laughs) Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'll make this quick because we have a great guest coming up. Um, So Gerald Ford was the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, Back during um, uh, Nixon impeachment, when that was heading that direction, he ended up being vice president and then president. But so uh, because it often comes up as what's an impeachable offense. That's all it says in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. an impeachable offense, high crimes and misdemeanors. right? And um, so if the Dems take the House back, which is a real good shot of, they get to determine what an impeachable offense is. And Gerald Ford once said, as the Speaker of the House, an impeachable offense is whatever a majority of the House says it is at any given moment. Correct. And that's all it takes. So that's what's at stake with the 2018 election, if they decide to go that direction. Well, that'll be exciting for talk radio. Um, so, virtual reality finally coming to our homes. It's finally crossed the, f- the price threshold, I guess. First one worth buying is the headline, essentially. Cool. We're going to talk about that coming up right now. The news with Marshall Phillips. Well,
4: this morning, President Trump's making his first visit to the State Department to attend the ceremonial swearing-in of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Trump addressing the staffers. We are profoundly grateful for everything you do for our country. And you'll be doing things that you don't even know about. Right now, they're not even a glimmer in your eye, but uh, and we have a couple going, Mike, right now that a lot of people don't know about that are very, very encouraging. Pompeo, the former CIA director replacing Rex Tillerson, the former Exxon executive, fired rather unceremoniously by Trump. Trump had avoided the State Department during Tillerson's rocky tenure there. Meanwhile, he's not letting up. Trump is slamming a leaked list of questions at the Justice Department's special counsel. May want to ask him as part of the Russia probe. Trump on Twitter today promoting uh, a comment from an attorney, uh, Joseph D. Genova, describing the or De Genova.
1: Genova, he's uh, super yep. hot on uh, conservative cable news yep. right now. Describe, he's everywhere.
4: Describing the questions as an intrusion into the president's constitutional powers, and saying it would be outrageous to ask the president what he was thinking when firing members of the executive branch. So that's what he is saying, and Trump is giving
0: a thumbs-up to that statement. Well, a point Tucker Carlson was making on his Fox show last night was a lot of this seems to be at uh, trying to make it look like they were cozying up to Russia. And Tucker's point wasn't, I think it's a good one, Donald Trump, in all his campaign speeches, talked about how he wanted to have better relationships with Russia. So then as soon as he's elected... He starts making phone calls to try to have better relationships with Russia. Is that supposed to be shocking? His people
1: actually called their ambassador and
0: said nice things and and cozied up to them, which is what he ran on, and people elected him for it. So, where's where's the scandal with that? NASA, it turns out, is sending a robot to Mars to drill beneath the
4: planet's surface. The Mars InSight spacecraft... Yes, Mars oil. ...will launch early Saturday morning from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California.
0: What if they had dinosaurs gazillions of years ago, and they got tons of oil under their surface there on Mars? Or gold. Gold! I'm going to drive a truck that gets three (laughs) miles to the gallon oil. is going to be so cheap. A Utah teen defending herself after she wore a traditional Chinese dress to
4: her prom... Defending
0: yourself against who?
4: Kaziga Dawn has been criticized by thousands of people on social media after posting pictures of her wearing
0: the dress. I was accused of racism, cultural appropriation. Who cares? Cultural appropriation is the dumbest concept we've ever come up with as Homo Sapiens. There are a couple of examples of it I get. The
1: rest of it is just the desperation to be outraged. Cut it out. So
0: those of you who have time to get concerned when some girl somewhere wears a dress that you think looks Asian. Or you to feel prom, important because you're angry at her. God, oh, you need God. a more complicated life. Volunteer or have kids or
1: do something. So the people, the, the dress designers of China. So I sound a little like the president. The dress designers of China put all their time and energy into coming up with the most beautiful dress they can. And somebody looks at it and says, Wow, that's a beautiful dress. I want it on me. That's somehow a sin. You people are insane. You're mentally ill. Get help. Dom says she was hurt Some by the- black musician comes up with a song. Somebody says, Oh my God, that's about the coolest groove
4: I've ever heard. I want to play like that. And that's a crime. You are abnormal. Dom says she was hurt by the criticism, but her mom helped her with some tough love.
2: I did cry, but... My mom helped me through that and told me to toughen up or else she'd take away my social media.
4: <laughs> Good call, Mom. There you go. Hate is going to
1: hate, baby. Now throw in your Chinese dress and go have fun at your <laughs> prom.
4: Two of Johnny Depp's former bodyguards are suing him for unpaid wages and overtime. That's according to Page Six. They also are claiming they were forced to protect Depp from himself because of his unsafe behavior. The former, former LAPD detectives also claim they were used as chauffeurs and nannies by Depp's family and were exposed to illegal substances during their time. Oh, Boy.
1: oh, good Lord. I never, when I was hired by Johnny Depp, I never had any idea I would be exposed to illegal substances.
0: I saw that car ad the <laughs> other day. I, I thought it had gone away. Remember the one where Johnny Depp yeah. drives that car, whatever brand it was? He just drives on a desert road. Oh. stops, gets out, has a shovel in his trunk, goes buries over, some jewels. Goes over and starts digging a hole. That's the whole ad. Yes, I don't even know Perfume ad, I think,
4: <laughs> or something. Is it perfume or a car? Or, I don't know. Or, or the shovel? <laughs> Home the Depot shovel. ad? I don't know. That's a at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of a nation. That
0: was the strangest ad ever.
4: Oh, yeah, I've seen that
1: one. It's nuts. I think it's for a perfume. He goes and he buries like his his neck chains in the desert or something (laughs) one of his many bracelets
0: that makes the Matthew McConaughey driving his Lincoln Continental around in the dark seem like a normal ad sometimes driving is more than moving (laughs) what? I don't know what? I don't know what you're talking about sometimes getting somewhere is half the being somewhere what? so we've tried some virtual reality stuff it's pretty dang cool but as expensive and complicated, well, apparently it's reached the level where we're going to be able to have it in our homes. We're going to talk to somebody about that. Yeah, Jeffrey Fowler, the Wapo, coming up in moments on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong
4: and Getty,
1: the conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. <laughs>
0: I don't know if you've ever had the chance to do the virtual reality thing. We did it. Uh, Somebody came and set it up here at the radio station for us one time. They were nice guys. Do we remember the company? Yeah, Uh, that that was the HTC Vive. Okay. Okay. Um, But anyway, we were wearing this headset, and they set up these different things, and it is pretty damned cool. That was a couple years ago, though. Uh, Yes. Was it that long ago? Yeah, time flies. And I thought, thought, damn, we'll all have these in our homes soon. That hasn't happened yet for some reason.
1: Right, right. But... It may very, very soon, and Jeff Fowler from the Washington Post, he's tech columnist, joined us. He's actually based in San Francisco, so uh, right around the corner. Hello, Jeff. How are you?
3: Hi there. I'm glad to join you uh, virtually.
1: Well, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> telephone—very exciting new technology. Um, no, you know what? I had your article open, was reading it, and I got paywalled. Even though I'm a subscriber, Scott, democracy dies behind paywalls. How do you like that?
3: <laughs> no, it survives behind paywalls. That's what pays for. Yeah, uh, I know. We cancer. we I, could, I, wait, I wait, actually
0: pay for my subscription and don't try to steal information. We treasure <laughs> newspapers around here. So anyway, not enough for you to pay for a subscription like I do.
1: That's did that's the point? I subscribe. What the hell? Anyway, so it's finally worth thinking about uh, getting VR for the the home. In your opinion,
3: you know what? Uh, we're getting a big redo on this whole sort of home consumer VR idea with a new product from Oculus. Now that's the they were sort of the pioneers in virtual reality that are owned by Facebook. And yesterday they came out with a, a VR headset that I think is finally the thing that normal people might want to consider buying. And the number one reason for that is that it's only $200. Uh, So that means it's less than a new iPad. It's just one single thing that you can, um, uh, one piece, no wires, no crazy. That sounds too cheap
0: to not be crappy to me. Do I need a super crunchy computer with it or what?
3: You do not. This is another thing that really kind of makes it different from all those other VR products, which... Had great potential, but really not did not catch on with normal people. Um, those other ones required either kind of a supercomputer over in one corner of your house <laughs> that costs a thousand or two thousand dollars separately, or you needed a very particular phone, a particular Samsung phone or a particular Android phone. So that left iPhone people kind of out of the out of the fun. Um, this new thing, which is called the Oculus Go, is literally just one piece. It's one thing. It looks like kind of ski goggles that you put over your head, and uh, then there's like a remote control that's kind of like a laser pointer you use with a cat. Um, Other than that, you're good to go.
0: Well, and again, it sounds too cheap to not be crappy to me because, like, my kids are into drones. You can get a drone at Target that's like eight bucks. It will last you two minutes and you can't fly it. You can get some that are several thousand dollars that are very cool. So is this, you know, where does this fall in the category of actually works, is usable, somebody would enjoy?
3: Yeah, Great point. And I'm so glad that you said that about drones because I feel like a lot of people are having terrible, terrible drone experiences because of that. Um, here's the deal. Uh, uh, Facebook really, really wants the world to get into VR. So I have a feeling they're heavily subsidizing this particular product. Um, uh, so you're actually getting a pretty good deal out of it for 200 bucks. Okay. Is it the most sophisticated virtual reality thing you can get out there? No, they definitely had to make some cutbacks um, not only to reach that price point, but actually also to stuff, all the electronics into a single thing you could wear on your head that doesn't weigh you know, more than a pound. Um, but it's still a, a really good experience and some parts of it are actually better than any other virtual reality experience I've tried before starting with it's a little more comfortable to wear. Um, the audio sounds pretty good because what they've done is they've put the speakers in the straps that go around your head so that, uh, so that it kind of like is ambiently there like a surround sound effect. And then even the screens that are inside, and that's what you get your eyes really close up to when you put this thing on, um, they're actually a little bit better than even on some of the the fancy high-end systems hmm. makes it feel less like hmm. you're looking through a screen door. If you remember that time you, you tried it before, it was probably like, oh, I can see these pixels in here. A little bit less of that in this in this Oculus Go product.
1: Jeff Fowler of the Washington Post, the tech columnist, is online. So, Jeff, I had to hold back. I have a feeling a lot of people held back. The minute you said Facebook, I thought, oh, God, mm. oh, no. What are they going to Wait do to me? Wait a minute. Man? Yeah. <laughs> what are they collecting and why do they want it? Uh, it's a, how strong is the tie-in with Facebook?
3: Yeah, that's a really, really good question as well. You ask really good questions. Um, You're so <laughs> <they're>,
1: kind. Uh, <laughs>
3: the, 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 this is the existential question for virtual reality. The leading company in this space is owned by Facebook, a company that has done a terrible job um, of, of being trustworthy with our data. And we're talking about here literally a device that would allow data to be collected about us in multiple new dimensions. I mean, think about it. Everywhere you look, the things you do in kind of imaginary lands. Uh, so for now, at least, Facebook says that they are not taking data about what you do inside this headset to use for third-party advertising. That is the number one thing that they do with data. Obviously, it does have to collect information about where you're looking and what you're doing to allow these apps and games and movie experiences and other sorts of things work. But for now, Facebook says it's being very, very careful with it and sort of keeping Oculus and Facebook as separate companies.
1: So and as Twitter, my as, as my eyes are sweeping from right to left across the wonder of a blue whale underwater, Mark mm-hmm. Zuckerberg is taken in my house. He's taken in my place. <laughs> my tastes in decorating, what magazines I have laying around, everything. Oh no, he could. For now, he claims he's not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, and why wouldn't you believe him? Um, (laughs) Damn you, Zuckerberg! So, video games, that's what we did with the system we tried out. Are there non-gaming uses for these things?
3: Yeah, that's another really good question, because I'm the kind of person who, okay, you know, I I enjoy a good uh, Candy Crush, but I'm not going to buy a thing just to kind of play more shooting games or something like that. So, yes, there are games in this, but the part that was coolest to me is how much they've evolved the understanding of how this thing could just be used for entertainment. So there are times in your life when you maybe just want to kind of get away from where you are and catch up on Netflix or Hulu or some movie that you want to watch. And this thing is actually pretty good for that. You, you pull up a movie, you pull up Netflix, and it looks like you're sitting in like either a really cool theater or it looks like you're in a, you know, a, a fancy loft apartment and you're, um, you're just watching the show. You can also then, of course, use this on an airplane. This, to me, is the most brilliant use. So mm-hmm. you've got your noise-canceling headphones. Now you get your annoying seatmate-canceling headgear, And you can be completely uh, cut off that way. Um, so, but those are both kind of, um, kind of isolating uses of it. The other thing that's going on that I think is super interesting is they're figuring out how to use these things to connect with people who are maybe nowhere near you. So when you watch TV, you can actually go into this kind of, what they call it, party mode, where you invite another friend. I'm
0: always in party mode. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows well, that invite, about you. Now,
3: now you can invite, you know, you can have a virtual party mode where you and a couple other people can watch a show at the same time. You're all commenting, but you don't have to be in the same place. So I think that's gonna um, that could be an interesting game changer for relationships, especially people who are... Um, you know, far away from each
1: other. Wow. Yeah, I've got buddies scattered across the country. It'd be fun to watch a playoff game of some sort or another, or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, that's that's crazy. Any Anything uh, readily available in the
0: world of education? Yeah, Doing you know, some good yeah. for humanity as opposed to just amusing oh, yeah. ourselves to death.
3: Indeed, nice high-handed yeah. tone,
0: party mode.
3: <laughs> 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 um so, yes, uh, is, the, is the short answer. You know, already schools are using these things to, like, help students go visit places they can't get to easily. You can go and you know, check out the Louvre, One um, a cool experience that you take, go into these famous paintings, which we're used to seeing just photos of, but they kind of recreated them as immersive experiences. So if you picture Van Gogh's Starry Night, it kind of lets you go into it and it looks like it's all around you and you can experience it in a different way. Um, there are all sorts of cool educational things about the history of NASA or the space mission. I mean definitely there's there's money going into uh, figuring out how to how to use this kind of immersive experience to to teach people things and entertain us and um, also get us to buy more things. I mean, you can even now buy. Tickets to concerts, music concerts that you attend. Oh, awesome! You can, and it's like you're sitting on the on the awesome. stage with the with the um, with the artists, and you wow. can hop around to different.
0: Going to hurt ticket stage. sales, but yeah, I like the idea.
1: of it. But... Humanity is clearly, clearly doomed.
3: Uh, hey, uh, I guess
0: battery life's been a big problem with these for a while. Have they figured that out?
3: Yeah, so um, this one, if you're just watching a movie, it can do two to two to and a half hours, which is okay for a movie, but it's obviously not going to get you uh, on a flight from you know. San Francisco yeah. to New York. Uh, but you can plug it in also to so recharge it. Oh,
1: okay. Or um, you can buy a yeah, gas-powered yeah. generator with it. <laughs> Don't take that on the plane. <laughs> okay, well, that's okay then. So, listen, I'm a fabulously wealthy man, Jeff. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm willing to spend $500 on a really cool setup. I'd spend For the several gaming, thousand. for I, I, the learning, I, I, uh, whatever. I mean, at least $500. Yeah. But uh, sh- should a, a guy who's, like, really into it wait a little bit still?
3: So right now we're in the spot where you can spend 200 and get the thing we were just talking about, or to get something that's more fabulous and immersive and amazing, that's still going to be more like a $1,500 job. So but you're you're caught in the middle right now. Hmm. I, um, I just I just I, think
0: this will be something that people will be willing to put a big chunk of money toward. We put a big chunk of money toward our cell phones. Yeah. You know, with our yeah. monthly yeah. and everything. So. Hey,
1: Jeff, apologies, but we're, we're totally out of time. But just absolutely uh, love the chat. Great job. I hope
0: we can stay in touch.
1: You bet. Jeff Fowler of the Washington Post. There,
0: I could easily see this be, being the kind of thing that you budget for—a good one for your family. Oh yeah, like uh, you like people used to do with televisions or whatever.
1: Well, it will probably eventually replace your sound gear, your audio gear, your gaming gear, your your, your TV, relationships, your right. point
0: of living. Exactly, breathing. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.